You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ellen Scanlon, host of How to Do the Pot, a podcast demystifying cannabis for women. Katie and Nathan wanted me to let you know that there's strong language on the show. So if you don't like that, then this isn't the show for you. But you could head over to How to Do the Pot if you're secretly Googling questions about weed and ready to feel confident about cannabis for health, well-being, and fun. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Nathan, 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 Nathan. Katie, OMG, is it that time again? We're back. Oh my God, we're back. Season six. It's time. Uh, Bitch. (laughs) I wish you could have seen her, how she just threw her head back. (laughs) And said, bitch. Nathan, I am so excited for this episode. I know, and I honestly think that a lot of our fans... Will be super stoked about this episode because they've already been talking about this woman. She's been a long time coming and she's also topical right now. Why Uh is she topical right now, Nathan? Because we have that little old thing called the House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. (laughs) And George R.R. Martin has confirmed that his inspiration for that show or that, that part of his books is based off heavily. A big part of this woman's life. Hmm. So I wonder, I mean, I know a lot of our longtime listeners are like, ooh, ooh, we know who it is. Ooh, ooh, we know who it is. So Katie, go ahead and give us the breaking news. Who are we going to be covering today? Today we are discussing Empress Matilda, Lady of the English, the Disputed, First Queen of England and Mother of the Plantagenet Dynasty. Not to be confused with the Mother of Dragons. Eh. <laughs> Ish. She she would have told a dragon what to do. This bitch, <laughs> this bitch is the definition of fuck around and find out, which we won't get into this episode, but. Mm. <laughs> but Nathan, before we get started, tell us, tell me about this drink. So speaking of fuck around and find out, uh, this drink uh, is called the Fireball Mule mm. after our Rhaenyra of the House of the Dragon. Yeah. Matilda is named or, or based after. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Rhaenyra from House of the Dragon, in case you hadn't caught that, is kind of more or less shaped after this woman. So I got this drink called a Fireball Mule. Um, So it's a shot of Fireball whiskey. Then you top it off in a a little small short glass there with some ginger beer and then put some um, bitters. Uh, I use cherry bitters in this. Oh, So it's going to give you a spicy, almost holiday flavor party in your mouth. Okay. Right? Right? Okay. (laughs) Let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. All right. All right. Ooh, warm and fuzzy. That is a lot going on. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is a party in my mouth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I I didn't know what I was. I, I don't I don't hate it. 
Okay. Okay. That's, that, that's, it gets that the Katie. Like, it gets the Katie stamp of I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we get started, of course, we've got a couple of Patreon shoutouts. But first, we want to start off with one of our Patreon supporters reached out and specifically asked for a birthday wish. And you know what? I love. I love a shoot your shot situation. Yes. So, first of all, a very happy birthday to our supporter, Sydney, who who reached out and asked us to say happy birthday. So, happy birthday, Sydney. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Uh, so, uh, shout out to our Patreon supporters, Elizabeth, Tiffany, Lauren, Nicole, Cassie, Ellie, Megan, Latrell, and Kyle. Yes. And thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, Tammy, Anne, Kelly, Michelle, Hannah, Kaylee, Lau, Ashley, Heather, Laura, and Caitlin. Oh, and obviously, thank you to all of our supporters on every level. And, you know, just anyone listening, like, thanks thanks for stopping by. Yes. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. So unsurprisingly, we really don't know much about Matilda's birthday because (laughs) if you've been listening to Queen's podcast for the last five years, (laughs) six coming up, uh, then uh, you know that history is a big old bag of dicks. And and they don't care about women's birthdays. No, who cares? So, but we think we might we have an inkling of when it might be. Yes. So February seventh of eleven oh two. So she's an Aquarius. Maybe. If you're keeping notes, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big old asterisk next to that. <laughs> we don't know where she was born, but most likely England. Most likely England, yeah. So who was her family? So her dad was Henry the First of England. And if you go way, way back in our Queen's podcast time machine, you have maybe listened to our episode on Matilda of Flanders. Oh, yes, that bitch. That bitch. That bitch is her grandmother. Yeah. So her paternal grandmother and grandfather are Matilda of Flanders and William the Conqueror. So if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe go check it out before going into episode two for this topic. I think it's going to help you understand the, like, groundwork of the politics of the time. Yeah. So also heads up, after Matilda of Flanders became Queen of England a generation before, everybody got to be named Matilda at this point. Everybody being named Matilda. Everybody named Matilda. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> so we're going to try to come up with some uh, fun and non-confusing ways to refer to some of these women who are also named Matilda to try not to make it confusing AF. And there's also um, several Henrys, several Williams. Ugh. There's like three or four names floating around at this time, and everyone's just juggling them, and we're, we're going to try. Yeah, there's Moss Matildas. <laughs> Moss Matildas. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her dad's family. Her dad is the son of William the Conqueror, who you may also remember is the Duke of Normandy. So her dad's family, parlez-vous français? They're a little bit more French. He's the king of England, but they're... Yes. They're, oui, oui. they're un peu more French. <laughs> <laughs> Her dad's family isn't the only side of the family with regal roots, though. Her mother was a princess of Scotland, Matilda of Scotland. Oh, not to be confusing at all. Frustratingly, Matilda of Scotland's name at birth was Edith. And then after she married the King of England, changed her name to Matilda. Why? To confuse podcasters a thousand years later. Oh. That's the only reason. Oh, that's the only reason. Blasted royalty. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to refer to her as Edith Matilda. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
But Matilda's mom was a descendant of this dude named Alfred the Great, who was kind of a big deal in English history. Oh, have you have you heard yes. of Alfred? You, you've I heard have, of him? Yeah. So their marriage was a really, really smart political match mm-hmm. because you might remember that William the Conqueror, when he came over and conquered, he was, hence the name, William the Conqueror. Conqueror. Um, he was really harsh on the Anglo-Saxons Mm-mm. who lived in England. Um, he was a wee bit genocide Tad bit genocide um, And for his son, Henry, to marry an Anglo-Saxon who they just kind of like tried to wipe off the face of the earth, uh, it was Kind of a peace offering. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, look, I married one of y'all. Sorry about all the genocide. We good, right? Sorry I murdered your cousin. Sorry I killed all of your family, but (laughs) I married one of y'all. So we good, right? And I do think, though, I do think that was a smart move. And I do think that was a move that um, moved him forward in the minds of his subjects. And also, I think it's it's another move that... You know, people in the 14th and 15th century looked back and were like, maybe that was a good thing to, like, marry off. Yeah, consolidate shit. Yeah, absolutely. So her mother, Edith Matilda, was a very, very pious person. It won't come into too much play in this episode, but one thing that you need to know is that Edith Matilda was raised in a convent, and she may or may not have taken a nun's vows while she was in the convent. Queen Edith Matilda would swear up and down that she never took the vows for the rest of her life. That's not going to come up again in this episode. It might come up again in another episode. Just put that in your back pocket. Yes. So our girl, was that you putting it in your back pocket? Uh, Yeah. That's that's the sound my back pocket makes. (laughs) Mine does not make that sound. (laughs) I got the fancy pants. I don't know what to tell you. Here's what mine does. (laughs) (laughs) so our girl matilda was the first child between her mom and her dad though she wasn't at all her dad's first kid because the boy gets around round round get around he gets around around. yes like what did his dick not get into king henry the first of england loved and let me emphasize loved to smash. I loved smashing so much. So much! <laughs> the flames on the side of my erection. <laughs> oh, that sounds like you need to see a doctor, boo. Yeah, right. No, but this guy, like, literally in his lifetime, he had over 20 illegitimate children. 20 babies. And But he recognized them all. And so that's only the, I think... That we know of, he had 24 children. So it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's that's a lot, a lot of that's babies. A lot of people. But he recognized all of them and he supported all of them. So, yay. Yay. <laughs> so, Matilda was born in 1102, and the next year, her parents had a boy named William. Baby boy, you've been on my mind, fulfill my regency. Yes. And then it seems that her mom said to her dad, Oh, yeah, I'm done. Having sex, Dunzos, with Dun- having sex and you, babies. With can you. you blame her? Yeah, I mean, you've been boning how many other women with 20 other... No, I don't I'm think done. she cared about that. I think she more cared about, you know, the scene with Emma with House and the Dragon. Spoiler alert for House of the Dragon. Remember when they 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe she was like, you know, I don't want to, I would like to avoid an Emma situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, would, I, I can agree with that. And it seems like Henry was like, okay, cool. You've gotten me two le- legitimate kids. I've got all these other bitches that I can just bone whenever I anyway, want to. Like, yeah. Whatever. Though I do wonder, because they always say an heir and a spare. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a time when a woman wouldn't necessarily be considered a spare. Yeah. So do you think this was short-sighted on their part? Yes. (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs) But her parents still had a strong and successful marriage for the time. So Queen Edith Matilda often acted as regent when Henry had to leave the country. So our Matilda had a good role model. Like she saw like, okay, this is how a woman can wield power. Yes. Yeah. And the people loved her mother. Yeah. So... The two had a really good working relationship, just not particularly romantic. Yeah, yeah. Side note, a lot of people, like if you Google Empress Matilda, you'll often see her come up as Empress Maud. Yes. And so like I looked into that. I was like, why? Um, So Maud was the English version of the name Matilda. But I don't, I can't say with confidence that Empress Matilda spoke English. And if she spoke French, and if she spoke German, I think people do that just to differentiate. So we are not going to call her Maud, even though so many people do, because I don't think anybody would have ever, to her, like, in conversation with her. To her face, yeah. Ever called her Maud. Yeah, the only yeah. time I've ever heard Maud is the 70s hit show with B. Arthur. Oh! <laughs> so now on uh, Matilda's known as B. Arthur. No. B. Arthur, so <laughs> no, B. Just, Arthur's up in here. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway. One thing we know about her early years is that she was raised around a lot of other children. She, in her very, very early years, did not lack for other children to play with. She's got all these half-siblings. She's got 20, 22 half-siblings running around. She's got her little brother. And then also, she had cousins that came to be raised at court. One of those cousins that lived at court with her when she was really, really young was this guy named Stephen of Blois. So her cousin Stephen was her first cousin, not Mm. to be confused with her second or her third. You got your cousins and you got your first cousins. No, no, that's not how that works. (laughs) Um, His mom was Henry I's little sister. Mm -hmm. And Henry had been really close with his sister. So when he became king, he took in her sons as his wards, basically just meaning that he took over their education and raising them. And Henry loved his nephew, Stephen. And let's put a pin in that. Ding! Yep. But Matilda's time with her mother and father was cut really short. At the ripe old age of eight years old, she's engaged. Here comes the baby bride. Oh, I hate it. It's so disgusting. And she is shipped off to Germany. Wait, what? Yes! The king of Germany at the time was this guy named Heinrich V. And Heinrich was a, we don't know his exact age either, but at the youngest he was 23 and at the oldest he was 26. When he sent a note to England, like he texted, he texted Henry I and was like, hey, I need a wife and I hear you having a daughter. And whereas Henry I should have been like, yeah, I have a daughter, but she's eight, you weirdo. Instead, Henry was like, fuck yes, let's do this. Ew, David. Ew. 
Ew, David. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this situation before when a girl is engaged to a man at a very young age. And in some of those situations, the girl gets to stay home and grow up while her fiance waits for her. But <laughs> not Mm-mm. in this fucking story. That's not how this story goes. Nope. They shipped off sweet baby Matilda when she was eight or nine to Germany. Can you imagine? Obviously, like... We have no idea how she felt about this, but doesn't your heart, like, break for this little girl? Like, I mean, how scared must she have been? No one from her immediate family went with her, and in April 1110, she left for Germany. She just got these Norman nobles that she doesn't know any of them, and they're just—she's just sent off, like— Bon voyage. Good Ugh. luck with being nine and right, being like, out there. Ugh. She should have had like a some sort of caregiver that knew who she was. Oh, like, her, why traveling. Couldn't her, why couldn't her mom have gone with her? At least to, like drop her off. You know, like Listen, drop her off at her first day of child riding. Child riding. It's not funny. It's, it's actually really tragic. <laughs> but Matilda met her. Husband uh, to be on April 10th of 1110 in Liage in modern day Belgium. Yeah. So, all we could really find about their first meeting is that he received her in quote unquote a manner that would befit a king. What the fuck does that mean? Um, Just means that. Fancy? It was just fancy. Uh, okay. You a child? And it's fancy. <laughs> Here's your one chance, fans, to don't let me down. Oh, that's exactly what her mom's saying whenever she was letting her go. (laughs) Oh, shit. So a few days later, they were officially betrothed. Um, She was nine, and he was, at the youngest, 23. I hate it here. (laughs) Because you know what? Bag of dicks. Yes. Uh, But they wouldn't be married for another couple of years, but Henrik really needed the money from her dowry. So they wanted to um, seal the deal. Uh, The loophole that Henry and Henrik landed on was to go ahead and throw Matilda a coronation. Like, legally make her queen. Like, go ahead and be like, you're the queen now. Put a crown on it. Put a crown on it. On her little bitty head, because she's (laughs) nine. Do you think the crown even fit? Probably not as a necklace. They just probably they probably had to like position it just so so I'm like oh god poor little baby. <laughs> so on July twenty fifth, eleven ten, Matilda had her coronation. She was crowned Queen of the Romans. It's also sometimes styled as Queen of the Roman Germans, and sometimes it's also Holy Roman Empress, but sometimes not. Because it's complicated, we'll it's get a state in, of mind. It's a state of mind. We will get into that in a second. But she's got she's got many titles. So the church she was crowned at had a holy relic. Supposedly, it was the mummified hand of Saint James. Ew. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? People in history just love old ass mummified body parts. They really do. Like they are all about these relics, and it's like oh, the pinky of Mary Magdalene, and it's like why. <laughs> gross. And also, how do you know? Yeah, right. Like, what if it was just some dude? And then would you cut off the... Anyway. <laughs> but but Matilda was so fucking into this. She was just like, that is the coolest thing ever. The mummified hand of St. James. Because children love 
mummified things. They like gross things. Children are weird. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're into dinosaurs, so of course they like mummified hands. Yeah. So. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Matilda was officially put into the custody of her new fiance. Mm. And Henrik says, hey, you know what? My wife is going to be the most educated and the most regal woman in the world. So while in most cases, grooming is very, very bad. Uh, Very frowned upon. In this case, since it was all about getting her a bomb-ass education. Cool-ish. I can't be mad at it. Still a little creepy. I mean, it's still weird. But, you know, he could have been like, I just want a bride to make me babies. He knew. He could have done that. He could have. He knew. No, I want a woman to stand by my side who's going to know how to run shit. So, yeah. So then Matilda is put into the care of an archbishop named Bruno, not to be confused with Sasha Baron Cohen with a little speedo. Oh no! In my in my mind, and not we don't talk about Bruno. Archbishop Bruno in my mind is Bruno Mars. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love how we all went different places with that one. So many Brunos. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. No, no. That's where I went. Um. So, so then she was taken off with. Bruno. Bruno. And wouldn't really Up see town. much of her. Funk you up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then she was taken off with Bruno Mars and mm-hmm. wouldn't really see much of her betrothed over the next two years. Because they were just uptown funk you up. They were uptown and he was, you know, funk you up. <laughs> Again, so little is known about her day to day with Bruno Mars, Bishop Bruno Mars. <laughs> I I don't know if there were other children around. I don't know if it was super strict. I don't know if she, like, I, I don't know anything about, like, how she felt emotionally about it, but we do know that her education was top-notch. Yeah, Like, she was top of the pops with the education. Top of the pops? Top of the pops. I've never heard that before. What are you talking about? Top of the pops. It was a show in the 60s. I love how you act like you were alive in the 60s. <laughs> no. Probably were. <laughs> weren't we both in Bye Bye Birdie? Isn't Top of the Pops oh, a thing in Bye yeah, Bye Birdie? Oh, you're right. Anyway. So... <laughs> She was top of the pops. She was top of the pops. <laughs> she she was taught languages. She was taught diplomacy. Diplomacy. <laughs> she was taught etiquette that was expected by the Holy Roman. By the Holy Roman. I cannot talk today. She was taught the etiquette that was expected by a Holy Roman Empress. Yes, y'all. Heinrich ruled over so much land. Like his empire was in Germany. Parts of Italy, parts of the Netherlands, pretty much every country in Europe, the Holy Roman Empire touched a little bit, you know? So Heinrich is like, I can't be everywhere at once. I'm going to need a consort who can be a regent when I'm not around, who isn't afraid to, like, shout orders, be like, hey, you, 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 you know? (laughs) And it's very... My personal opinion from reading about Matilda is that um, I feel like this woman had a level of confidence Mm -hmm. that it takes to be the type of person to bark those orders. She knew when to speak. She She knew when not to speak. She knew when to let other people speak. She knew when to say what and when. And I think this comes from that time in her education. Yeah, and Heinrich didn't just want a wife to make babies. I mean, obviously, he would have wanted that too. Yes. But he wanted a partner to be able to run this empire with. He wanted an empress. Yes. I don't I don't hate that. I'm not mad at that. So, fast forward a little bit. 
January 1114, Matilda is one month shy of her 12th birthday, and 12 was the age of consent. I hate it here so much. So Heinrich was like, all right, close a fuck enough. And the two had this huge, extravagant wedding with the bride being one month shy of the legal age. Her parents didn't put up a fight. Her parents weren't there. Yeah, they were They were never there. Mm-mm. So, so, all right. One thing that really bothered me is that it doesn't look like anyone from her family even came over for the wedding. I know travel was hard back then, and her dad was in war with Wales. But, like, it, it just seems like if you're going to make a trip, this seems like a time to do it. And make it a diplomatic trip. Make a big thing of it. I just wish one single person from her family would have come. Yeah, and honestly— because they didn't, it makes you wonder that she probably felt like a bargaining chip, yeah. if you will. And like, you know what? He's got all those, she's got all those half-brothers and sisters. He couldn't even send one of them. Like, no one could come over. I just, it, yeah. Like, it, it makes me feel like she was probably disappointed. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah. We also don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I'm projecting. And because she... she hasn't seen her family, anyone in her family, for like three or four years, maybe she... Didn't expect them to. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they wrote and said, like, hey, we're not going to make it. So she knew. But, like. Hey, we we have new plans. Yeah. Canceled on you. Your marriage. Uh, (laughs) um, Also, maybe she's just really stoked to be officially queen now. Maybe. Because she left the care of Archbishop Bruno, got her own household with her own ladies in waiting. Mm -hmm. And she started, like, holding court and making official appearances with her husband. And finally doing all this shit that she had been going to school to do. She is putting her queen school degree I to need work. I to go to queen school. I want to go to queen school. So Empress school, actually. Okay. Empress school. <laughs> In a later episode, we'll find out that Matilda is not what you would call a patient person. So it's also very possible that she was just, yeah, she just wanted to get started. She just wanted to get started with her job. She was ready to rock it, you know? Yeah, and foreshadowing. I love a good foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we take a quick break, top off our drinks, top off our fireball mules, <laughs> and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties 
Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. And we're back. We're back. Oh, I've already done that. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So where did we leave off, Nathan? So we're at the wedding, right? <laughs> so this wedding was a fucking to-do. As you would imagine. Yeah. This author, Marjorie Chibnall, wrote a biography on Matilda. And it. she said... As far as worldly pomp and ceremony went, the remainder of Matilda's long life must have been something of an anti-climax. Which I'm thinking is she's that's just a nice way of saying this was a fucking to-do. It yeah. was a bougie fucking wedding. Which was how much like how big of an empire they ruled over. You would of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> so no one thing that we haven't touched on a whole lot is who is this guy that sweet baby Maddie is marrying? Mm-hmm. And here's what you need to know about Henri V. Dude was drama. So much drama. Drama, 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 drama. Drama, drama, drama. Also, if you Google him, it, like, it'll probably say Henry V of the Holy Roman, like the Holy Roman Emperor Henry V. But there's already other Henrys in the story. Yeah. And, and Heinrich is the German version of Henry. And there's like Henry. a Henry V of England too. So, this, so it's that, just like, nah. That's why we're differentiating it yes. this way. Very um, confusing. Yes. Yeah. So mix it up a little bit. And Heinrich is more German version of Henry. So yeah. we're going to call him Heinrich just to like. Just to, yeah. Say he's German. He's German. <laughs> <laughs> mix it up a little bit, right? <laughs> so Heinrich had overthrown his dad in 1105. And Ooh. so some people were not really into that, and some people were, we're really, really into, into that. <laughs> <laughs> so in some places, uh, Mr. Maddie is really popular, and then in some places, he's a real scandal. He's not popular. One of those places where he was a scandal was in Rome. Uh-oh. He had a conflict with the Apopa. Uh, we have an Apopa. Also, he had Kind of kidnapped the Pope a few years earlier. Kidnapped the Pope. Kidnapped the Pope. <laughs> so the Pope was not a fan. So you know he's not he's not afraid to make bold moves <laughs> like, yeah, like kidnapping so the Pope. Very, very bold moves. But no, him and the Pope seriously had this whole feud. They had bad blood, and that's important to for later. Yeah, a couple months after the wedding. Now that she's officially old enough, you know, that means 12. Barf. Uh, <laughs> is like, okay, we got to put you to work. Work, 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 work. Work, work. Little girl go to work, 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 work. Yeah, and this is no life of luxury queen life. Mm-mm. I mean, you got shit to do. Honestly, I think, I think Maddie loved it. I think she was, I do not think she was ever going to be the type of person to sit idly by, even at 12. So mm-hmm. I think she would have reveled in, um, yeah, I want to get shit done. Let's do this. Though, annoyingly, something that's really annoying with this queen is we don't have hardly anything that survives in her own words. She wasn't a big – she didn't keep a journal. 
She wasn't a big letter writer. So it's all like word of mouth. Yeah. So like I can't say that she definitely loved have having shit to do. But I just think from researching her, I think she was excited to have a job to do. Yeah. So the couple travels to Italy. The main goal of going to Italy was to make the Pope crown them officially emperor and empress of the Holy Roman Emperor. About the Pope said a nope. And the Pope was like, I am not into that state of mind. And he, he got the fuck out of town and excommunicated Heinrich. Damn, Gina. Damn, yeah. Again, we are going to do some heavy skimming because this part of history is really complicated and confusing. But the story goes, when Maddie arrived into Heinrich's lands in Italy, the people were obsessed with her. They were like, oh, my God, yes. Like, yes, Gaga. Like, they loved her so much. And remember, her dad paid this huge dowry, so they were also like— Yay, money. Money bags, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which made her even more popular. And, but no, it just supposedly the entire population was just like they were in love with her regal manner and just everything about her. She was very, very popular. So in 1117, when Matilda was 15, the couple was officially crowned the Holy Roman Emperor and Empress in Rome. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, The Pope Pascal I was still out of town at this point, you know. (laughs) He had a carrier pigeon every time you sent him a message. <laughs> the carrier pigeon was like, I am office? not, I am out of office today. Please respond back <laughs> two weeks from now on July 37th. Of In case of an emergency, you can, you can reach out to the anti-pope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the anti-pope. Oh, that's a whole nother concept. That is a way throwback. <laughs> yeah. So they had a bishop crown them instead. And so now Matilda's like, Mm-hmm. New Empress, who does? Asterix, again, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's technically because the Pope didn't crown her. Ooh. It doesn't really count. Yeah, because technically, if a, a bishop or an archbishop crowning you, I mean, it's good, but it's not the Pope, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. What? But she, in her mind, it fucking counted. She's, again, Holy Roman Empress is a state of mind. It's a state of mind, <laughs> and it was the state of her mind for the rest of her life. That's why we call her Empress Matilda. That's why that like she carried that title with her till the day she died. Nice. Nice. As for their marriage, it seems to be really happy for a royal marriage between, you know, a preteen and someone pushing 30. I hate it here. <laughs> of course, we do not have a lot of firsthand accounts of their marriage or how they acted together. But in episode two, we'll learn that Matilda had no problem making it known when she was unhappy with her husband. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And she spoke highly of Henrique for the rest of her life. Yeah. So this just leads me to believe that they, besides the icky age difference, their relationship was one of respect. Yeah, he was probably nice to her, you know, a little friendly, but... Treat her with respect, treat her with honor, which, yay. I mean, in a a situation where it's an 11-year-old marrying a 29-year-old, I guess that's the best we can ask for. Right. (laughs) So soon after Heinrich had to GTFO, that's get the fuck out, (laughs) and some kind of fighting bullshit broke out in Germany, so... In 1118, at the age of 16, she is left as regent for their lands in northern Italy. How, it, cool, how cool is that? I know. I love this for her. This is some real empress shit. <laughs> and as far as we can tell, she was really well respected. 
no one tried to overthrow her, which, again, leads me to believe that she was raised to be a badass bitch. Right, because, like, she's a 16-year-old girl. We've talked about things that went down in Italy. Mm -hmm. Italy is the land where all the drama comes from. I feel like anytime we've talked about (laughs) Lucretia Borgia, like, any of those— It's so fucking dramatic, and it's so fucking cutthroat. And the fact that she is a 16-year-old girl, and there wasn't even, like, an inkling of, like, revolt against her makes me think that she was so respected from such a young age. Because she would have been such an easy target to overthrow. Oh, absolutely. So it just makes me think that from a young age, they were like, oh, no. Don't fuck with her. Yeah, for she, sure. I, I just think she was the epitome of fuck around and find out. Yes. From as young as 16, yeah. Yes. So 1118 must have been bittersweet, yeah. though, because she got her first taste of power, which we will later find out that she really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her mom died that year. Yeah. There's some records of her trying to go home to England to see her father in 1119, and that fell through. <sighs> So I wonder if she was just trying to get home to, like, pay respects to her mother, but we really couldn't find anything on that. I know, but it, um, that makes me sad if, like, she tried to go home and couldn't. I know. Yeah. Poor baby Maud. So fast forward a little bit. Zoop. And she is reunited with her husband in 1119. And it seems like this is probably when they were like, we got to make them babies. We gotta make them babies on babies on babies on babies. Yeah. Uh, so she's seventeen. Don't, don't don't love it in the modern sense, but at least she's not thirteen. Yes. So yes. love it for that time. I'm fine with that. But sadly, the babies on babies on babies on babies, they never came. Oh no. I know. There are rumors that perhaps maybe she had a stillborn son, but it wasn't like it's not in the official documents. Yeah. So maybe she didn't. But. Her life and honestly, like in European history, would have been so much different if she would have had a baby with Heinrich. Oh, yeah, we're about to get to that. Yeah. Big time. And I'm sure she would have loved to have a baby with Heinrich. Because yeah. I really do think that the two of them, it wasn't set up in a way for them to have a romantic relationship, but I do think that they loved each other. Agreed. I do. Agreed. Um, but it, yeah, it wasn't in the cards with them because, you know, and because history is sexist, everyone just assumed that them not getting pregnant was a Matilda problem. Okay, correction. It was Heinrich's problem mm-hmm. because he was in the early stages of cancer. Well, we don't we don't know. Well, it's we like, don't know. We think. It's impossible to diagnose someone from this far back, but he he almost certainly was suffering from, the like you said, the early stages of cancer, and that may have affected his fertility. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of people thought he was cursed. There was a lot of people being like, I love this that, like, no one ever turned vicious against Matilda for her not getting pregnant, which has happened in other stories that we've talked about. Because a lot of people were like, oh, no, Heinrich is cursed because he's excommunicated. The Pope excommunicated him, so God's not letting him have children. So finally, it's not the woman's fault. Yay. Yeah, no one seemed to be that mad at her. They were like, well, your husband's drama. So (laughs) So then in 1120-something huge happened back in England. So this is a very big, notorious story, and it is an event known as the White Ship Disaster. I cannot tell you. How many rabbit holes I oh. went down about the white ship disaster. This one is so it, cha- easy. it changed the course of European history. Yep. Absolutely. Uh yeah. So if you know anything about English history, you maybe already know this story. 
And if you don't, hold on to your butts because it's dramatic. Yay, Queens covering something dramatic, huh? Oh! Uh (laughs) Back in England, Matilda's little brother, William, was viewed as the future of England. The prince that was promised. He was a young guy who had a good head on his shoulders, newly married to a girl from the Angevin dynasty in France, and things were looking very bright. You gotta wear shades. (laughs) He really was kind of, it reminds me of just like the golden boy. You know, like everyone was like, he is smart. He is charismatic. He is, um, everyone loves him. It just looked like, and also we have to look at, because we've talked about maybe it was short-sighted on Henry's part to have only had one son and one daughter and then like bounced. If you'll remember from the William the Conqueror times, like when we talked about Matilda, Matilda of Flanders, he had so many sons and the sons were always fighting. So it kind of seemed lucky that, you know what, he only had one son, he's got no one to fight with, and this one son is a winner. Yes. So what could go wrong? Enter the white ship disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's November 25th, 1120. The entire English royal court had been in France. Like, entire like court. Like, everybody. And now they're heading back to England and taking a couple of ships. So Prince William, who was like 17, was given a ship called the White Ship. Uh, sounds this. bad. Um, <laughs> if you All did. a disaster. <laughs> and he gives him the White Ship to take home. So the king and all the older people were going to take ye other ship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all the young kids who wanted to party hardy, have a good time, get a little boop boop, uh, they were all going to go on the, the white, white ship. ship. Yeah. And so I want to bring up one detail, though. Okay, Nathan, do you remember earlier we were talking about Matilda's cousin that was raised at court with her, the guy Stephen of Blois? Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about him earlier? Yes. He was supposed to be on the white ship. He was supposed to be on the party ship. But apparently, he had diarrhea. Oh, I can't be on the ship because I got the shits. He got the sh- he couldn't be on the ship because he had the shits. So, like, <laughs> he couldn't have shits on the ship, so he got off. <laughs> to have a shit off to, the ship. To have a shit off the ship. He couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have the shit on the ship, so he got off of the ship to have a shit. Yes. <laughs> so, this is another thing that I just think of, like, what if that one other tiny detail had been different? History would be. Mm-hmm. Different, but again, we'll get into that into episode two. So everyone else is on the white ship and is partying hard. Yo, it was a rager. Like <laughs> I think I read that it was something like a hundred barrels of wine Oof. were opened before they even left deck. Oh, good lord! And it was it was the crew too. It wasn't just the people. Yeah, and Williams like it's a short tit. Let's just have everybody drink. Everybody have fun. The crew get drunk. Like he was insisting the crew. That's what some people say that Stephen pretended he had the shits because he didn't want to be like that lame guy being like, the crew's too drunk. I don't really want to be on this ship. So he pretended. He was a party pooper. (laughs) (laughs) Pooper? Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, guys, um, this is one of the reasons that we always say drink responsibly when drinking our cocktails, uh, because there's a reason. You know that- what? You know what? Don't get drunk and drive a ship. 
Yeah. Or a car. Or, or a anything. car. Or you know a, what? a lawnmower. Ooh, don't, yeah. You <laughs> know what? Care. Get drunk and watch TV and listen to Queen's podcast. Yes. <laughs> go for a walk. Get yeah. drunk and go for a walk. Yeah, I don't even advise that. <laughs> so. Get drunk and dance party in your living room. That's yes. what I do. <laughs> so... You're not supposed to drink and drive ships. And the Mm-mm. people on board were daring the captain, go faster, go faster, go faster. And so he went faster, like really fast, into a rock. <sighs> oh, my God. Not not into like a rock, the country, like a No, rock. into like <laughs> a formation on the side <laughs> of the ocean or whatever. It, like, no. It was bad. And it like caused the ship to basically like break in half. Oof. So now the story was that Prince William was put on a rowboat and was being brought to safety. But supposedly he heard one of his half-sisters calling for him, help, help. So I, he, I actually read that she was calling him a coward. Oh. You're just going to leave me here? <laughs> Which is exactly what I'd say to my brother. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and so she's calling for him. And so he says, all right, let's turn this boat around. And so they turn it around. And when they go to try to pick her up, it was so overcome with people trying to get oh, into you, the lifeboat. Could you imagine? Yeah. People just being like, please, please, please. And this is November. So this cold. Cold. It's a cold it's a cold water. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone and the and yeah, the boat was just pulled the lifeboat was just pulled down and everyone drowned. Um, there were three hundred people on the ship. Only one person of the 300 people survived. Oh, my gosh. A butcher. That would be me. <laughs> I would be the uh, one person that survived out of 300. Are you trying to say that you think you're very lucky or like what? <laughs> no, very non-lucky because that's one of those survivor guilt oh, things. Oh, the survivor guilt of that butcher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But like, no, seriously, every single noble house in England and Normandy was affected. Even Heinrich, Matilda's husband, had a cousin on the white ship. So like Oof. every like everybody was affected. I I don't want to say in all of Europe, but like yeah, Almost. it completely changed the trajectory of so many households just in, with one ship. Well, just with one drunk drive. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a boat, a car, a bike. <laughs> Stay so. home and watch TV. So (laughs) Matilda's home country is now in a deep, deep mourning. Yeah. Though I have to wonder how much this would have emotionally affected Matilda at the time. I mean, she's 18. (sighs) She's been gone for so so long. Yeah. Did she even know her brother? I mean, I'm I'm sure she was affected in just like, because how could you not be? Yeah. But also, she didn't. I mean, look, I have younger brothers and when they were teenagers, they, they, you know what? No. Both of them are almost 30 now. They still don't know my birthday. Like, the younger <laughs> brothers are, like, uh, I love them. But they don't know, they're not great at staying in touch with their yeah. older sisters necessarily at that point. So did she even have a relationship with him, you know? Yeah, but I, I also wonder if she looked around and started wondering, hmm. okay, so hmm. since everyone's gone... Who's going to be the heir now? Who's next? I mean, I might be related to the king. I might know him. (laughs) Might might, be my daddy. We might share some DNA. (laughs) She actually did. It looks like 
this was the second time in just a couple of years that she again tried to make uh, plans to go home to England to visit. But it was so weird. The Count of Flanders wouldn't wouldn't guarantee her safe passage through Flanders to go home to talk to her dad. So I think she was like thinking, maybe he's gonna me air me what maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's the air and. <laughs> But like the Count of Flanders, what with the hair? The air with the hair. The Count of Flanders wouldn't let her go through, which I just didn't have time to try to dig up why. But I wonder if I, I don't know. But anyway, she was like, "Better not chance it." Yeah. yeah. Until more tragedy strikes. No. Yay. And Heinrich dies in 1125. And surely Matilda was devastated, though uh, she probably saw this going downhill for a while. Yeah, he had been suffering from some kind of cancer for like two or three years. Yeah, and she's 23 at the time. And she had been in his care for a good, you know, like what, since she was eight, nine, so yeah. like 14 years, 15 years. And he had been like legitimately the only constant thing in her life. At yes. That point. So I'm sure, regardless of if she was romantically in love with him or not, she must have been devastated. Because even if they weren't like romantically in love, they she they leaned on each other. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But she didn't have no time to grieve. Mm-mm. She had to make a decision right then and there. So she had three choices on what she could do. Yeah. She had no children. She couldn't stay on and rule as regent. So, Katie, tell us what her choices were. All right. Behind door number one, she could marry another German prince. But Nathan, what do you what do you think she what do you think she thought about marrying some prince? I don't think she hated this idea because all of them were so below her status and many of them hated her husband anyway. Yeah. She'd been empress. Why would she want to be a why would she want to be a duchess or a princess? She'd right? been empress, yeah. So behind door, door number, number two, two, Katie, what do we have? She could join a nunnery. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I don't. I this woman needed to be where the action was happening. Yeah, she was she, definitely. She was a hard headed woman. You can't go for ruling Italy by yourself for two years into a nunnery. Yeah, that ain't no. gonna work. Mm-mm. So she wasn't. She wasn't made for the quiet life. No, 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 no. And then tell us, Katie, what's behind door number three? She could go back to her father's lands in England or Normandy. Yeah, I mean, doing this, she would. Almost certainly be married off to someone her father chose, but, but but it also meant she might be named heir and become the first queen regnant in England. So, Nathan, what do you think she did? She chose door number three. Door number three! <laughs> Back to England and Normandy! <laughs> and I think that's a good place to leave her. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get into the next one. Nathan, I'm so excited for this entire season. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Yes, I'm so excited. And hopefully all of our listeners will enjoy this episode and all of the all ones of in the, the future. All the episodes in the future. All right. Cheers, bitches! Cheers! Hello, everyone. Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.